This is HPR episode 2641 entitled Liverpool Make First 2018 Interview with Rachel from the Microbit Foundation and is part of the series Interviews. It is hosted by Tony Hume aka Tony H1212 and is about 9 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is This is a short interview recorded at this year's Liverpool Make First with Rachel from Microbit. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, this is Tony Hughes for Hacker Public Radio and still at Liverpool Maker Fest and I've got with me Rachel Lancaster. And what are you doing here, Rachel? I've come here today to A support Josh, um, who's of Edgeblox and also I'm teaming up with Les Pounder and we're doing a bit of a micro bit hands-on activity. Um, yeah, just getting kids engaged. You actually work for the Microbit Foundation? I do, that's right, yeah, I joined them about nine months ago now. Um, my official title is Head of Product and Channels. I spend a lot of time out in the community at events like this, talking to educators, learning what it, what it is that we need to do as a foundation to support them in, in their teaching. Could you tell us a little bit, for the listeners who may have never heard of the uh, Microbit, a little bit about what it is? Yeah, of course. So uh, the Microbit board... I uh, was kind of born, it was, it was made up by a team at BBC Learning. Um, they recognised that there was a huge shortage of engineers and uh, BBC, along with 29 founding partners, uh, created the board. Um, they distributed um, the microbit to every Year 7 student in the UK. It was just short of a million pieces. Uh, they thought that this was a fantastic way of getting kids interested um, in programming and to sort of unleash the, their, their own creativity. So the idea was we would give the microbits to the schools and the schools would then distribute them to the students and the students would take them home um, and, and have, have their own sort of learning and creativity at home and they could perhaps bring it back into the school to inspire other students. Um, yeah, so the foundation was born after that. So the foundation's about 18 months old now. And the aim of the foundation now is to kind of spread spread the mic a bit further uh, and as far as we can uh, by with particular focus um, on girls and disadvantaged groups. So our main aim, our number one goal, is just to ensure that kids can have their best digital futures. You know, you said the, the original distribution of over a million microbits to schools. Uh, did it actually uh, work in the way it was envisaged? I don't think it worked 100% in the way, but it was certainly a huge success. Um, I think having spoken to hundreds of teachers in, in my nine months at the foundation, I've learned that 
Um, the teachers originally didn't have maybe the support that they needed to be able to take the microbits out of the box and have the confidence to deliver a session on microbit in the classroom. So we've worked really hard over the last year, certainly, on uh, producing more sound resources, being more involved in the community right. and helping support teachers. So that's where things like uh, Josh's project with the edu blocks comes in because it can link into the microbit. Yeah, so all these editors are a fantastic help because edu blocks, especially because that's a lovely transition tool. So a lot of kids in primary school will be learning how to use Scratch uh, from sort of year four onwards. So if kids are going into high school with a bit of basic knowledge on Scratch, um, then we can use edu blocks with the microbit um, and, and make the transition from the block-based programming into a text-based program, which is like Python. So it's a perfect tool to sort of help guide the students through that without it being too intimidating. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about your own background? Uh, yeah, it's quite boring, really. <laughs> I um, worked for an electronics company for 17 years before joining the Microbit Foundation. Um, that's been my only job. So I didn't go to college, I didn't go to university. Um, I just decided that I really wanted to do work and earn money when I left school. So I kind of popped into the shop at, at CPC and said to Dawn, who was the manageress then, at the time the trade counter, I said, hey, give a job. <laughs> and she asked me to come back for a, an interview and, and I kind of was there ever, ever since. And I sort of worked through various different departments within CPC and eventually I uh, became the product manager for education and maker uh, so I was in charge of sourcing new products and sort of negotiating on contracts and things like that um, and then that wasn't enough uh, so I then took on the business development role as well which meant that I went into schools and kind of sold my products into schools um, to say you know you, you need this in your computer science lessons you need these tools in order to help you deliver that that part of the curriculum so i was in delivering um sort of sort of workshops for for the teachers and and the sales staff that would speak to the teachers as well how to use the raspberry pi microbit and codebook um and so yeah i had a i already i already had a good relationship with the microbit foundation uh, because i was looking after the uk distribution for premier farnell who actually manufacture and distribute the board anyway. So I kind of I knew of the foundation. I thought the microbit, for me, was a kind of light bulb moment. I kind of thought, yeah, I can really see kids going for this product. And it was really easy to use. I've not got any coding background or engineering background, but I thought, actually, if I can do it, and the kids are bound to <laughs> bound to be able to do it. Um, so, yeah, it, it kind of, kind of I got hooked at that point, and uh, I started attending events like the one that we're at today and going along to Raspberry Jams and getting more involved in the community and when I was offered a job at the Microbit Foundation I jumped I jumped at that <laughs> opportunity to have even more uh, involvement and immerse myself in into it. We're just getting a public service announcement. A quick round up of a couple of things coming up. Uh, in a few minutes <laughs> Awesome Football will be hearing pictures from three awesome makers who are looking for 500 pounds to fund their which includes upcycling plastic, developing clothing in developing countries, and uh, the Curbinator, which is a button that helps people detect uh, curves so they can get around better. Also, 12 to 1, we've got an e-textiles workshop 
Probably edit that out. <laughs> uh, I know I've seen some of your own personal stuff around fabrics and electronics. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, like, I, like I've said previously, I've not got much of a technical background. Um, and so for me, um, using electronics with fabrics um, or craft materials is such a simple but fun and engaging activity so um, you know just learning how to make a, an LED light up using a, a coin cell battery for kids in primary school that's amazing and so why not add a craft project around that why not add a bit of um, conductive thread and, and yeah. get kids learning how to sew something and then take it a step further and you know have a have a sensor on there as well uh, it's so simple you start off with something really straightforward and you can easily add to it yeah so they're learning the skill of electronics but they're also learning skills around repairing clothes and things at the same time yeah absolutely uh, you know I, I don't think I mean when my mum was young she was taught how to sew you know I, I, I wasn't necessarily taught those same skills so kind of it's almost like bringing those skills back and yeah. then adding more to it so all the sort of after school workshop activities that I do at my children's school always involves LED, conductive thread and a bit of felt. Um, we'll, we'll, make, we'll make an animal and we'll add a switch if we want to or we'll add, we'll add a light sensor or a motor, you know, if, if you're feeling a little bit more uh, energetic. <laughs> Is there any links that we can go to where we could find these on the web? None for my personal stuff, but of course there's lots of ideas and tutorials and resources uh, on the Microbit website, and that involves a lot of um, craft activities as, as you know, as, as well as sort of traditional um, electronics. So, yeah, I just advise you just to go on the Microbit website, uh, the ideas page. It's fantastic. So what, what's the web address for that? So that's just microbit.org and then it's forward slash ideas. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.